You are listening to the Drunk Mormon Missionary Podcast. Your host is Elder Rob, the Drunk Mormon Missionary. Every week he gets drunk and brings you the Drunk Mormon Gospel. His word is the drunken word of God. So sit back, pour yourself a drink and enjoy. Hello brothers and sisters, this is Elder Ron, and you are listening to the Drunk Mormon Missionary Podcast, where I, Elder Rong, uh, sacrifice my liver by getting drunk and trying to explain Mormon doctrine and theology to you, the listener, as well as to my my roommate, Investigator Eric. Hey, Eric. That would be me. This is Eric. All right. So here we are. I'm about um, four shots ready into this episode i'm feeling the holy ghost right now casper has come upon me thanks to potato vodka and a little uh grape juice grape 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 juice grape juice juice (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm drunk yes i'm very drunk um what was I going to say about that? It's funny, too, to, tonight to be doing this uh, non-sober. Because actually, tonight's topic is going to be the word of wisdom. And what would that be? You explained it. I think we were talking <laughs> about it outside. It's basically the the health law that everyone kind of gets down t- on with the Mormons about how they don't drink coffee or tea or alcohol or smoke cigarettes or smoke... Marijuana, the the pot, it's evil. I guess that makes heroin right out. (laughs) Heroin, well, only if it's prescribed by a doctor. Okay. Because Utah is actually one of the highest uh, states for prescription drug abuse because it's only illicit drugs that you buy from some guy. Like, who would you buy heroin from? Like, what would, would be his name? I don't know if we need to go there. <laughs> like you can't, as long as you're not buying it from Jose. Exactly. Then, and it's Dr. Joe, then you're golden in terms of the word of wisdom, apparently. Right. You get the loss of Oxycontins legally, you're good to go. Uh, Oxycontin is, the parent, I think, is the very favorite thing. Uh, in, in the, in the Utah circles, um, but not, not coffee. No coffee. Coffee's bad. Very, very bad. All right. So, Investigator Eric, what do you know about the word of wisdom? Pretty much what you said. Uh, no coffee, no tea, no alcohol, but plenty of sugar. Sugar's completely okay. Sugar's okay. Chocolate. Chocolate. It has caffeine. I'm sorry, just a sec. I'm texting somebody real quick. All right, there we go. That's done. Um, Is this the whole point of, like, treating your body like a temple? um, Kind of. Yeah, like a temple, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, you don't want to put any garbage in the temple. No garbage garbage in the temple. Garbage in, garbage out. Right. You can can certainly expand the temple if you want to. But alcohol is definitely a bad, 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 bad thing. So I'm doing a bad, 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 bad thing right now if I was Mormon. It's not like you can't get excommunicated for being drunk, but they won't let you into the temple because you don't treat your temple like a temple. Right. Does that make sense? All right. So tonight we're going to get into the word of wisdom and what that's about. It's the ongoing lesson. What lesson are we on? I forget. Just a sec. Let me check. I forget. Is this lesson four still? I have to go back to... Yeah, lesson four. We're still into the commandments of the missionary lessons that you would be getting from Elder Johnny Go Lightly or Johnny J- Johnny Happy Haircut or... Whatever elder the elder is, the elders are who come to your door to teach you this shit. That'd be Elder Johnny Larson. <laughs> elder Johnny Larson. Why, why Johnny Larson? There's a lot of Scandinavian names there in Salt Lake. 
lot of Larsons in Salt Lake. Larsons, Sorensons. Larson. Andersons. Andersons. That Elder Elder Nephi Anderson. Right. That's a pretty Mormon name. That huh? is a very uh, Mormon name. That would be a very nor- more, more, blah, 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 Norman norm, <laughs> Mormon name would be Nephi Anderson. Elder Nephi Anderson. So, all right. So, what do you where do you know anything about where the word of wisdom? We'll we'll talk about where the word of wisdom came from. Then we'll talk about. Trying to get into this, trying to get into the mode here. Then we'll talk about um, what is the word of wisdom, because because it's really fucking funny. Because like when you read the word of wisdom according to LDS scripture from the Doctrine and Covenants, it's very non-specific and very kind of different than how the word of wisdom is actually practiced within. Mormon theology these days and age. Sorry, I'm fixing my mic here. All right. So the word of wisdom comes from the Holy Scripture in the Mormon f- church called the Doctrine and Covenants. And we haven't really gotten into anything yet about what is the Doctrine and Covenants and where it comes from. But basically the Doctrine and Covenants is, so you got the Book of Mormon, and we talked about that which is this ancient record, uh, allegedly, of Native Americans who were really Israelites who came to America and saw Jesus and and wrote their holy word about anti-goat fucking commandments and stuff like that. Right. And then Joe Smith found that stuff in the hill near his home. I'm not sure that they actually had goats here. But maybe that's what saved them from... Anti-llama fucking. Okay. They had llamas. Yes. So no llama fucking. If you don't have goats, you can't fuck llamas either. Probably any sort of, like, like livestock is probably safe bet, not good to fuck. Right. We'll get into that in the law of chastity, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so the Doctrine and Covenants, basically, so when uh, Joseph Smith, like, founded the, old, the the Mormon faith and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he, like, received certain revelation from God as, like, the, as he was around. Like, God saying, well, you should do this and you should do that. And that's the life of a prophet. Life of a prophet, kind of, every Wednesday, hang out at the golf course and wait for God to appear. You know, at least get the the back nine in. Well, God's saying, like, this is what you need to do. So the Doctrine of Covenants is a collection of Joseph Smith's revelations from God about different things about the church. And hopefully, if I, ha- if I haven't tired of this podcast by that point, because we still got to get through all the missionary lessons, and then hopefully we'll get into Book of Mormon stories, and I'll drunkenly retell Book of Mormon stories, and then we'll get into like uh, church history, and we'll uh, we'll get into Doctrine and Covenants, and hopefully, and I will drunkenly. Now we're getting into real drunk history once I get into Doctrine and Covenants, because right. I will, I will retell very drunkenly and very shit faced about the Mormon history, and and that's all correlated to the Doctrine and Covenants. So anyway. In section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants, let me see. I'm trying to find. I gotta find it. I gotta. I really should get. Uh, let me. Let me just real quickly, because I don't read Mormon. I don't read Mormon. Surprisingly, I don't daily read my my scriptures. Are you uh, at all surprised by that, Eric? Uh, I can't say that I'm surprised. You're not surprised by that. All right. So, Section 89 is a revelation given through Joseph Smith the Prophet at Kirkland, Ohio, on February 27th. They even, like in here, they even have exact dates. So, February 27th, 1833. So, mark your calendars, and you can celebrate that as, like, Word of Wisdom Day, February 27th. And you can abstain from getting drunk that day and, and drinking your, your lattes smoking cigarettes, and shooting up heroin. Never. And as a consequence of early brethren using tobacco in their meetings, 
so basically, so let's go through the history. So basically what was happening at the time in LDS and Mormon history, right? They had a thing called the School of the Prophets. Now, it wasn't like Park University or any of these <laughs> online fly-by-night type of like get your get your get your theology degree type of thing. No, Joseph Smith started a school in Kirkland, Ohio, to teach the brethren or the elders of the church how to receive their own revelation, which I imagine could be kind of confusing because if God says fuck goats. To one prophet and says don't fuck goats to another prophet mass confusion mass confusion like could you i would follow the don't fuck goat prophet right. myself okay because that just seems a little weird anyway so um they were all hanging they all like hang, hung out like in a um what was it? it was like it was like the the gift shop for kirtland or something like that the general store the general store the gift shop where you could get like little Joseph Smith doodads, like little Joseph Smith bobbleheads around there and like uh, Book of Mormon magnets and stuff like that. Kind of like, I imagine, like, I wonder if Salt Lake's got like a Joseph. That would be really cool, like a Joseph Smith bobblehead. (laughs) I would totally buy myself a Joseph Smith bobblehead. But in Kirkland, it was just like, I visited Kirkland and all I got was a revelation. All I got, (laughs) those are the t-shirts that they sold. I visited... So they're hanging out in the Kirkland uh, gift shop doing this, 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 uh, it's called the prophets thing, right? And uh, all the brethren and the elders love chewing tobacco. Like, really, just absolutely. Have you ever had, have you ever chewing tobacco? It's awful. It's horrible. Anyway, they love their chewing tobacco and their pipes. Like, pipes are pretty cool. I like pipes. I used to smoke a pipe. It was my grandfather's pipe. Like, I found it. Like, unfortunately, what happened, though, like, I started with tobacco on that, and I kind of ruined it because I ended up smoking weed with that. So, unfortunately, I kind of fucked up my grandfather's <laughs> pipe by smoking a lot of weed out of it and of tobacco, which is kind of the natural right. progression of things, you'd think, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, tobacco, they, they love... Gateway drug for weed. For weed. <laughs> pipe tobacco naturally leads into smoking marijuana and when after you smoke marijuana all you want to do is do meth and crack all day long right and maybe some maybe some heroin from time to time right so marijuana to heroin tobacco to marijuana to heroin it's a natural progression it's a great gateway drug so just don't fucking do it that's all i gotta say about that and uh, so what ended up happening is they're spitting. I don't know why didn't. So they're spitting their fucking t- tobacco all over the fucking ground. Right. Right. Like a bunch of barbarians. Like a bunch of. Oh, sorry. I yelled. Like a bunch of barbarians. Just like Eric said. Eric gets this. Anyway. And Emma Smith, who was uh, Joseph Smith's wife, had to clean the fucking floor afterwards. Right disgusting absolutely just fucking did i don't know why they didn't have a spittoon or like a coke bottle or just didn't like or go outside and spit it or something like that like normal people do but they felt like they had to spit the tobacco all over the fucking ground and this kind of pissed emma smith off i think rightfully so because she had she was the one who had to fucking clean the floor afterwards right right like and which i all right, it's 1833, so we're not quite liberated with female liberation shit. Because I would be all, like, if I was her, I'd be all like, fuck you all, clean your own fucking floor. Right. But that wasn't that wasn't the, the day or the time yet. That day and time would come many, many years later. Okay? So Emma was like, Joseph, Joseph Smith, this is disgusting. I fucking hate cleaning after your bro dudes who can't seem to find a fucking spittoon. What's up with that? Okay. And Joseph and Joseph Smith was like, yeah, what what the fuck is up with that? This this seems kind of a disgusting thing. So I'll go ask God. So I'll go ask God, obviously. Right? 
like like obviously that's what i would do right. i mean i wouldn't like spit in a spittoon or spit it in the garbage or something like that i would go ask god right should i spit in the spittoon i guess that's a prerogative of a prophet that's a yeah exactly so he uh he asks god about tobacco i guess or something like that let's see what is it say here uh Yeah, God. Anyway, yeah. So he asked God about the tobacco, and so God gave him a revelation called the Word of Wisdom. And in the Word of Wisdom, now this is interesting because, like, in the actual Scripture, now this is a commandment because this is Lesson Four about commandments. So this right. is a this is a commandment. This is like, "Thou shall not kill." The word straight from God's mouth. Sorry, my nose is kind of running right now. But from God's word, just like thou shall not kill, thou shall not fuck your neighbor's wife, thou shall not fuck goats. This is a this is a commandment in the Mormon faith. But if you read the scripture, it says a word of wisdom for the benefit of the council of high priests assembled in Kirtland and the church and also the saints in Zion to be sent greeting not by commandment or by constraint, but by revelation in the word of wisdom, showing forth the order and will of God and the temporal salvation of all the saints in the last days. So what does that fucking say to you? Nothing. Not by, it says not by commandment. Right. Right? It says, it's basically saying, hey, I'm going to give you some good advice here. Right. Some wisdom. Some wisdom. Right. Not, not a commandment. Right. But some wisdom. And then he goes and he gives all the all the stuff. And the stuff he talks about is that the use of wine, strong drinks, tobacco, hot drinks is prescribed. Now, what does that mean, prescribed? Hey, just a sec. I'm going to pause this real quick because i got to blow my nose because I'm not going <sighs> to. I sound like I'm doing cocaine when I do that. And I don't want to sound like I'm doing cocaine. So we're going to pause the podcast real quick and we'll be. You won't notice anything because I'm just going to do a pause. But I'm going to go blow my nose real quick. So just a sec. This is the Drunk Mormon Missionary, and you're listening to the Drunk Mormon Missionary Podcast. Be right back. Okay, we're back. So, like, drinking a lot tends to make me sniffly. Right. Because Eric explained this to me one time. because It's It's got histamines. It's got histamines. Yeah. So it makes my nose run. So I have to go blow my nose or else I sound like I'm doing cocaine, which is, yes, against the the word word of wisdom, wisdom. which we're talking about. Okay. So where were we? We were... You just read off the list of things you're not supposed to do, including hot drinks. Hot drinks. So it talks about the first part of it, which is funny, because this is not commandment. But it talks about being healthy, eating healthy food, eating herbs and fruits. Isn't marijuana an herb? Actually, like like the flesh. It talks about flesh, too. So let's find that. Um, it says here, Yea, flesh also of beasts and of the fowls of the air, I, the Lord, have ordained for the use of man with thanksgiving. Nevertheless, they are used to be sparingly. And it ple- it is pleasing unto me that they should not be used only in times of winter or of cold or of famine. So apparently, Fourth of July state barbecues are against the word of wisdom. Right. I don't know of any Mormon temple interview that asks that question of like, do you only eat meat? In times of famine and in when it's winter. No. 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 According to this, you should be eating kale shakes all the time. Right. Except in wintertime, and then it's okay to have a steak. But that's not how it seems to go. Kale's really nasty anyway. Yes, it is. We got Ramsey's the cat here wondering what's going on. He won't, he won't speak into the mic, though. Okay, and it says all grain is ordained of the for the use of man and beasts and of and to be the staff of life. So bread, staff of life. I get that, but not marijuana or no. tobacco. Even though that seems to be 
a grain it, it well, comes of the field, right? Right. All right, not only for man, but for the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven and the wild animals that run or creep on the earth. For these hath God made for the use of man only in times of famine and excess of hunger. Oh, okay, he's talking about all the wild animals. Right. So we're only supposed to kill animals in times of hunger. In times of hunger. Famine. And famine. And an excess of hunger. Right. Ex- oh, I already said that. Right. All right. So, all right. All right, Mormons, what's up with that? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Stop, stop eating that, like, Arby's. Arby's is against the word of wisdom, yo. Yep, stay away from McDonald's. McDonald's, against the word of wisdom. Well, there's not, French fries. there's really no fucking food, meat in McDonald's. <laughs> so, so, I think you're okay with McDonald's because there's really no meat in that shit. Anyway, it's mainly soy. Don't sue us. Who, McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, right. I like to hear this. I'm more concerned about the LDS church right. suing me. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go down here. What else does he say? Oh, okay. Talks about wine. And behold. Oh, it talks about strong drink. All right, let's talk about strong drink. Yes, that's let's. Really, that in so much as any, because I love strong drink. Right. I've been drinking very much strong drink tonight. All right. So that insomuch that any man drinketh wine or strong drink among you, behold, it is not good. Neither meet in the sight of your father, only in assembling yourselves together to offer up your sacraments before him. And behold, this should be wine, yea, pure wine of the grape of the vine for of your own meat. And again, strong drinks are not for the belly, Oh, excuse me. There's that strong drink. That's that strong drink coming back up. But for the washing of your bodies. What? What What the fuck? You're supposed to wash your body with strong drink? I'm supposed to be washing my body with vodka, according to order of wisdom. What's up with that, Mormons? How many? Are there any (laughs) Mormons out there washing your bodies with strong drink? Right. I use water. Right. That would be kind of hard to wash my body... It'd be wasteful too. It would be. It'd be horrible to use vodka to wash my body with. I would think. Guaranteed DUI. Yeah, no shit. You would just go around smelling like you're fucking wino if you were washing your body with strong drink, right? All right. And again, tobacco is not for the body, neither for the belly, and is not good for man, but is an herb for bruises and also cattle to be used with judgment and skill. Right. What are you doing with tobacco and cattle? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Should we Google if there's any remedies? I'm gonna Google. Wait, I'm gonna Google <laughs> tobacco, tobacco remedies, remedies for. Well, there's one for bee stings. How about for cattle? Oh, apparently you can use tobacco to treat eye infections in cattle and goats. Okay. I guess it must be like uh, like a natural, what do you call it, antibiotic. Yeah. Might be a natural antibiotic. So I did find a website that talks about using tobacco to treat eye infections in cattle and goats. All right. So maybe God knows something about cattle tree animal husbandry right any farmers out there like just ask god and he'll help you okay um so tobacco not for the body and not for the belly and is not good for man what does the belly have to do with it i don't know like don't sucking smoke into your belly like don't don't like swallow tobacco okay don't eat tobacco i guess yeah, yeah, that that seems pretty straight. That seems pretty. That's why they were spitting it on the floor. That's why they're spitting on the floor. Yeah, and that's why Emma Smith was fucking pissed off. Right. Because well, they were already obeying that part of the word of wisdom because it were. wasn't going into their fucking belly. Right. It's going on the fucking floor. Right. And Emma was like, "I'm not cleaning this shit up, motherfuckers. Clean up your own fucking shit." Right. All right. All right. 
Uh, and again, hot drinks are not for the body or the belly. Okay. That's all it says. It doesn't say there's nothing in here about coffee or caffeine. So you can or drink tea. An iced tea, a coffee is completely okay. Yeah, like a, a nice latte, according to the word, word of wisdom, should be perfect. Right. Should be just, just, just absolutely dandy. Right. Just as long as it's not. Hard. If you're following the the, the stuff here, but right. like Mormons have to like, it's not enough for God to like say what is right or wrong. They have to have clarification. Right. Which <laughs> later on, like in the 1950s of all time, is when they're like, oh, you know, oh, I really meant caffeine and no heroin. Right. No marijuana, because that's bad. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm still kind of going down. I don't want to read the whole thing. Like, if anyone's really curious, you can... I think most of my listeners, if you're a non-Mormon and really curious about it, go, like... You can go, Google the Word of Wisdom. Google Section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants and read through it if you want. Right. We'll wait for that, because eventually I am... But I'm not really going to read anything. I'm just going to drunkenly retell you, like, these fables and histories, so... Now, some of the interesting things about the Word of Wisdom, because apparently, okay, so we read earlier that it's not really commandment. Right. We read earlier that this is this is not this by is not. commandment or constraint. Right. Which says to me that God's like, hey, you don't really have to follow this, but I'm going to give you some advice here. And later on in in Mormon history, we get a lot of hypocrisy. Like a lot of early Mormon history is a lot different than modern Mormon history, apparently. So uh, the big thing was, here's one. So this comes from the history of the church, which is kind of an official, it's not scripture, but it was written by the LDS Church, and it kind of captures the LDS history. And we read in History of the Church, uh, I guess chapter 2, paragraph 26, the council proceeded to investigate certain charges presented by Elder Rigdon against Martin Harris. One was that he told A.C. Russell, Esquire, that Joseph drank too much liquor when he was translating the Book of Mormon. (laughs) 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 Now we know where Revelation really comes from. Right. It comes comes from strong drink. (laughs) Maybe we'll be having some Revelation in a bit. And that he, Joseph Smith, wrestled with many men and threw them and that he, Harris, exalted himself above Joseph, and that he said, Brother Joseph knew not the contents of the Book of Mormon until it was translated, but that he himself knew all about it before it was translated. So basically what this is saying, and then Brother Harris did not tell Esquire Russell that Brother Joseph drank too much liquor while translating the Book of Mormon. But this thing occurred previous to the translating of the book. He confessed that his mind was darkened and he had many things inadvertently calculated to wound the feelings of his brother and promised to do better. The council forgave him with much good advice. So basically what this was saying was that, okay, so Martin Harris was one of the original like witnesses of the gold plates. Right. Okay. And basically uh, assisted Joseph Smith in the translation of the Book of Mormon. Later on in life, Martin Harris fell away from the LDS faith and had a lot of problems with the Mormon faith and basically became an apostate. And and one of the problems that this was saying that Martin Harris had was that Joseph Smith was always fucked up drunk when he was translating the right. Book of Mormon. You just get lit up and start Just get lit up, and then and then all of a sudden he, like, knew what was going to be translated before it was translated, and then he would translate it, basically. So apparently, according to the Martin Harris testimony here, book we can thank 
Strong drink. Strong yeah. drink for the Book of Mormon, which makes a whole lot more sense now. Yes. When you like really kind of get into it, right? All right, cool. let's read more. Let's see. History of the Church again, and second chapter, verse or paragraph 252. Minutes of the High Council of Kirtland, trial of Alman W. Babbitt. On the 19th, a charge was preferred before a council of the president against Elder Alman W. Babbitt for not keeping the word of wisdom. Elder J.B. Smith testified that Elder Babbitt... I don't know who the fuck Elder Babbitt was. Apparently he was like a high priest or something in the church. Right. uh, Was not keeping the word of wisdom. Elder Babbitt said that he had taken the liberty to break the word of wisdom from the example of President Smith Jr., so basically, Elder Babbitt was hanging out with Joe, with Joseph, Joseph Smith, and Joseph Smith was like going, "Hey, do, with peer, fucking peer pressure is right. what he was saying, right? right? He's fucking saying like, "All right, hey, Babbitt, don't be a coward, don't here. be, don't Here's be this. a fucking pussy, dude. Right. Come on, everyone, everyone likes a little whiskey. Come on, man, come on, man, have a little whiskey." Right. And then Elder Babbitt's all like, "Fucking Joseph Smith's the one who fucking gave me the fucking chet." Right. Uh, and others, and others. So not just Joseph Smith, but other people. Like they're having some fucking shindig, apparently, and and they're trying to like excommunicate or trying to censure this elder of the church for being drunk. And he's all like, "Dude, like, all right, yeah, I was drunk, but guess what? Joseph Smith was drunk too, right. and as well as well as his buddies, and they fucking like offered." They're the ones who gave me drink. Uh, he acknowledged that I was wrong, and he had taught the Book of Mormon commandments as, a, as thought to be wisdom and for the good of the cause. The council reproved Elder Babbitt, instructed him to observe the word of wisdom, and this is Warren Pierce Clark. And then less than five months after they reproved Brother Babbitt, and just six months after they gave Milo Hayes the boot for not following word of wisdom, Smith reports in the history of the church that they all had a good time enjoying the fruit of the wine. <laughs> the fruit of the vine. Right. <laughs> so they're admitting it there. Like, they're admitting. Right. So Joseph Smith's like fucking admitting, like, yeah, we all got fucked up, dude, off of wine. It was nice. Anyway. Let's see. What else is in here? So sometimes it looks like it's being used as a rule, and other times it's not a rule. It's just like... It's one of those, like, do as I say, not as I do type of rules, I think. Right? Uh, Hello? Uh Uh-oh. Something happened here. Uh, I'm not hearing... I'm not hearing things. Just like, I'm going to pause real quick. I got to fix this. Okay, we're back. It was... uh, like I said, like all my equipment is is like just like there's so much fucking dust on it from Burning Man that it's just crazy. So sometimes things go out. Okay, word of wisdom. Oh, okay, here we go. Let's read about the excommunication of David Whitner, Whit, Whitmer, and others for vi- violating the word of wisdom. Uh, so David Whitmer was an important early Mormon too, like. Like and helped, I think, with the translation of the Book of Mormon and all that type of stuff. There were a lot of these fuckers who helped right. translate the Book of Mormon who never remained Mormon. Sounds like a big party going on. They're doing some translating. and. Well, I mean, like, the question I have to ask is, like, if these people who supposedly wrote this fucking book, like, don't believe in it anymore, how the fuck do you expect me to believe in it? Yeah. That's kind of my question. Anyway, let's read this. This is kind of, let's see. David, this is from Essentials in Church History, page 173 through 174. David Whitmer was likewise charged with improper conduct and neglect of duty and with the violation of the word of wisdom and the persistent use of tea, coffee, and tobacco. Oh, no. Not tea, coffee, and tobacco. So he wasn't even getting fucked up. He was just like smoking his fucking pipe and having his. Having a cup of coffee. Having his morning latte, and the church had gone on record by vote that they would not sustain any officer who indulged in such things. Thomas B. Mars and David W. Pattern were sustained as presiding officers in Missouri until the coming of Presidents Joseph Smith and Sidney Rignan. The three accused men persisted in showing contempt for the decision of these conferences and the 
of the church in which they in which action they were joined by Oliver and Marcus F. Cowdery. Therefore, they were cited to prayer before the high counselor. And that one's not so bad. So David Whitmer, who is another one of the witnesses of the Book of Mormon and the gold plates and all that type of stuff, um, had a little problem with the word of wisdom anyway. Anyway, we kind of go on and on. This definitely reminds me of like the early communists and the way they would infight and use rules to like bludgeon each other. Yeah, but like Stalin was okay to do what he wanted to do, but and Lenin was okay to do what he wanted, wanted to, do, to do. But if you're like a lesser party member, they'd bludgeon you with the the rules. They kick you out, right? And usually, getting kicked out from them meant you like bullet in the head. But at least the Mormons, not yet, anyway. Right. You, not yet. When we get into Brigham Young days and the Danites, then right. you got a bullet to the head. Right. You know, apparently, apparently, apparently. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, little thing. Uh, I don't know. We could go on and on. There's a lot of shit. Like, I have a website that is uh, lifeafter.org, and it's word-of-wisdom-and-lds-hypocrisy. Um, there's got a, there's a lot of stuff here. Joseph you know? Smith liked his drink. And I can kind of tell you, too, like, even in Brig- all the way up to Brigham Young's day, like one of the things that Brigham Young implemented, and it and like from a financial point of view, it seemed it, it makes a lot of sense. But he like uh, Southern Utah, he sent people down to St. George and Southern Utah area to be tobacco farmers. Right. And Brigham Young was actually one of the only people in like the Salt Lake area that had like a quote legal distillery to make legal legal alcohol to sell to sell. What medicinal purposes? No, or? no, no. The whole purpose too, when you when you kind of look into that, was that like, hey, we understand that not all the Mormons, all the saints, are going to be following the word of wisdom. We're going to be the ones making money off of that, well, not the Gentiles, right. basically. So, like, if you're going to use tobacco, buy the Mormon. Don't use tobacco, but if you're going to buy tobacco and use tobacco, why not use Mormon tobacco? Dun-dun-dun. And then we keep the money within the local community. I've heard a lot of stories about bootlegging by Mormons during Prohibition, too. Bootlegging? All right, go ahead. Tell me some stories about that. I have one friend whose family supposedly made a lot of money during uh, uh, Prohibition by bootlegging, and his I think it was his grandfather got blown up in a car bomb. By some gangsters, and this is where in Utah. This is in Salt Lake. In Salt Lake, like so during Prohibition time. Right now, that's another interesting thing because, like, the whole thing about the Word of Wisdom was about the same time as the. Ah, uh, uh, you're the history dude, so you have to enlighten me here. The anti-alcohol oh, yeah, movement. That the, the Prohibition movement. The whole Prohibition movement, right? Yeah. It went on for like 70 or 80 years before they finally got the amendment. And, and, and the 1830s is about the start of all that prohibition movement. It didn't really... When was prohibition officially enacted? Uh, 1819, 1820? 1920. 1920. 1920. So it took them almost 100 years right. to get that going, but the 1830s was definitely, you saw the prohibition movement starting to come about during the 1830s. The temperance movement, that's what's, what, what it's called. The temperance, the temperance movement, movement was actually born, uh, like had to start in 1826 in New England. Uh, and that's where Smith lived, actually. was right. kind of in that neighborhood. So this whole temperance movement had a whole lot to do with... A lot of influence. With on a lot of influence on the religious mindset of the time because it was all... The temperance movement largely was was influenced by by the by the religious movements at the time, right? Many of the Protestant uh, religions like definitely were the forefront of temperance. So, like, I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to kind of, like, correlate the temperance movement and Joseph Smith incorporating that fad at the time into his new religion. Because it sounds, 
very pious, right? Right, and it sounds very holier than thou. I mean, I mean, and it, especially in this day and age, like it still the more word of wisdom is very much incorporated into into Mormon practice of how quote worthy you are, right? Like it's it's one of the temple questions for to get your recommend to be able to be a car a card carrying Mormon to go in the temple. Uh, very specifically, is do you follow the word of wisdom? Right. Right. Despite be- the fact it's not a commandment or rule or anything else, it's just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion from the ri- from uh, from originally from according to the Mormon scriptures, but it's a very easy it's a very easy like for me the problem I have with it is not so much like that that things like that aren't healthy right. like like i make fun Pretty like I'm, I'm the drunk mormon missionary i get that but like i do i, I do not want to be an alcoholic right and and smoking is bad for you yeah like we I mean, I smoke, we agree with that but i have no illusions about it i mean no no illusions that it's not good for you right and and all these type of things but the problem that i have with it is that it becomes a, a measuring stick of so-called righteousness, right? right? How pious you, pious how you are. pious you are, because it's, it's an outward manifestation. And it really, to tell you the truth, if you've never smoked a cigarette, it's really easy to not smoke a cigarette, right? And if you're not an alcoholic or a dr- or or like you know, like a like a, a junkie or anything right. like Dramatic. that, it's very easy if you to not do that stuff. And it's probably like better for you to not do that. Yeah, I would agree. But it doesn't mean that you're a righteous individual. No. You can be a child molester. You could be. You could beat your wife. You could. You can. You can be a very mean individual in terms of how you treat other people. Like like it's just an outward sign of piousness. Right. Is all that it is, and 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 that was kind of the problem with the temperance movement too. Was that. They wanted to use alcohol use as an, as, an outward, as an excuse to say, I'm holier than thou. I'm more righteous than you are. Right. Right. And then the other idea that if you got rid of alcohol, you would get rid of all these social ills that uh-huh. didn't really go away and actually probably got worse during Prohibition. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was a reason why we had to repeal Prohibition. Right. It's a reason why, I mean, even now the war on, on, on drugs is a failed war. Right. Um, because it causes more problems than it solves. Right. Like the real, the real, and it lacks compassion. Is is probably my main problem with it. Right. It does. Like um, alcoholism and drug abuse and addiction are real psychological. We know this now. They're real psychological problems that need to be treated just like any other psychological problem. And when you criminalize those psychological problems, you create the the prison state that we live in. We we live in a in a nation now that that criminalizes and incarcerates more individuals than any other country in the world by far. Right. Including supposed dictator dictatorships like communist China. Yeah, when you went and through Russia. the 70s and 80s and we had more prisoners in our prisons than the Soviet Union did. Right. Which is astounding. Right. And it's mostly there for drug charges. For drug charges. Right. And 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 so we're we in our in our country we don't necessarily want to deal with addiction as a psychological problem and how to treat the psych- psychological. We want to incarcerate and we want to punish because and it all stems from the same shit of the word of wisdom, this right. this this holier than thou attitude, where it's like a, a yardstick for um, how holy you are, how holy you are, yeah, but w- without any compassion about it, without any compassion about it, and uh, and there's so many ways to get around that shit, right? right? If you want to talk about be healthy to yourself, now like Provo, Utah, for instance, um, where coffee shops, re- I mean, it's like what ninety five percent or something like that Mormon and in, in, in Utah County, um, where like nece- coffee shops necessarily aren't going to survive there, right? Because Mormons equate coffee with sin, and therefore drinking coffee is sinful. 
However, there's still the idea of that addiction. You know, like most of us normally will have a cup of coffee in the morning to get us going and to get that, that boost and that energy from that coffee drink. And then we go on with our day, and we're productive individuals because of it. And if you don't drink your coffee in the morning, you get a horrible headache. And right, 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 right. But within Mormonism, they've replaced, they've basically replaced like the coffee shop, the the drive-through coffee shop, with the drive-through soda shop. Right. To Which get is- your highly caffeinated soda, that is also like 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 absolutely bad for you because of the amount of sugar that's in those fucking drinks right so you'll see yeah you will see places like dutch brothers except they're not called dutch brothers they're drive-through soda places they're, they're drive-through soda provo. places in provo right. like 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 mountain dew somehow is is better for you than, than, than a cup of coffee right right and it blows my mind because like mountain dew is absolutely horrible for you right. in comparison. I fucking hate it. I can't drink Mountain Dew. I like Coke. I, I drink. I, I drink my fair share of Coke throughout the day. But like these highly caffeinated, highly sugared drinks are far more. I, I, they lead to obesity. They lead to like tooth decay. They lead to so diabetes. Right. So many much more problems than just having your fucking cup of coffee is ever going to And these are problems it. that are endemic in Utah as well. Obesity, diabetes, suicide. Like, Utah has high, very high rates of all yeah. those things. And it's not to say that that's being caused by not drinking coffee. But obviously the word of wisdom isn't being applied like rationally or no not at all it's being it there's it's like you've there's, got a list there's, there's a there's a measuring stick of righteousness and that measuring stick is based off of off of what can i view and what can't you view right right and it's not based off a of rational thought it's right. like the question within the temple recommend recommend isn't do you treat your body like a temple are you healthy? Right. Do you do you drink kale drinks? Do right. you do you know? Are you eating less meat in the summers than you are in the winters? Right. You know. No, instead, or, it's like, do, do you drink coffee? Do you drink coffee, oh, tea, or you do you, you smoke cigarettes? An entire carton of ice cream last night. Right. Right. They're not going to ask you that. So there, there, there's therein lies the hypocrisy of the word of wisdom. Now, it's not bad. Now, I'm not advocating to be. To be a drunk Mormon missionary like myself, I'm doing right. this for fun, and it's about once a week that I get really fucked up drunk and bring you the the holy drunken word. Pretty much specifically of, for the show. For the show here, so I'm uh, sacrificing my liver for you all. I hope you hope you know that. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, lots of interest, interesting. So that's the word of wisdom. I don't think. I have to wonder how wise it really is. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I I have to wonder how wise it's applied. Right. Is is I, I, I mean, guess, there's some things in and there how how inca- and compassionate like right. like every Mormon church it would seem to me should have a smoking section in the back parking lot. Right. Right. Because ultimately, the problem with the word of wisdom that I have is not necessarily the good advice about treat your body health be right. healthy, be be healthy is 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 wonderful advice. Right. And if there is a God, that would be advice he would give you is, hey, be healthy to yourself. All things in moderation, all things in not in excess. Right. Right. But more so is the lack of compassion. How do you feel? Like, here's the question is that let's say like, let's just take smoking. If you were a smoker and you smoked a pack a day. And you went to a Mormon church for any period of time and sat next to somebody in a pew and had to go in between your meetings out to the parking lot to go smoke another cigarette because that's what you're addicted to. And you came back and and sat next to somebody. Over a period of time, how would they make you feel? That's the question that I have. I can tell you that they would, there would be, you would feel uncomfortable. You would feel not welcomed. You would feel like you don't belong there. They're going to condemn you for smelling like cigarettes. And they may not to your face. They may to your face say like, hey, dude. But they also may not to your face, but just make you feel that way. Body language. Body language. The way they treat you. 
people yeah, they, not they, wanting to sit next to you. Won't talk to you. Because you smell like cigarette smoke. Right. Right? And if you're talking about a place from that is supposed to be the house of God, it's supposed to be the place where the all loving, compassionate Heavenly Father is supposed to dwell. Right. Then you should be made to feel welcome in that place, regardless Probably of where your so. vices are, even more so. Right. right? Is it better to have somebody who smokes at church they're or to ostracize the them to make them not want to be at church? Because right. if they're going question. to church, they're going to be hearing the word of wisdom, and maybe they'll choose to stop smoking. Or maybe it's because maybe it's just, a, it, you know, it's an addiction. Right. And it's a hard thing to, to, stop, doing. to stop doing, just like anything else. Are you, but is being at, at church better than not being at church? Is being at church as a smoker better than not being at church as a smoker? Their viewpoint should be yes. Their viewpoint should be yes. And that should be the absolute bottom line message about the word of wisdom. I think it's pretty straightforward. Like, don't smoke. Right. Smoking's bad for you. And drinking's bad for you. And all these things are bad for you. They're unhealthy. They are. But I think they can see even the way it was written. It's like you smoke doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's bad for you, and you shouldn't do it because it's bad for you. Right. But it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. Right. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, we're coming to the end of this podcast here about the Word of Wisdom. I, 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 well, I thought it was informative yes. and interesting. So I hope you did too. I found out that Joseph Smith would like uh, his. Spirits. That dude fucking loved his loved his wine apparently, and yeah. the, the church history book. Do he, some, uh, homeboy loved to get lit up just like I and, do. And before he was, he'd start he was throwing dudes a good around wine. too. Throwing dudes are I haven't thrown anybody around though, no. so he's got me beat on that. Right. So. A little bit of a brawler. Yeah. All right. Well, you're listening to the Drunk Mormon podcast. Uh, I'm Elder Rong, your drunk Mormon missionary, and you. We've been listening to. Uh, Investigator Eric. Investigator Eric here, my roommate, uh, going through the Mormon missionary lessons. That was a good one. And that was a good one. So, uh, hey, stay tuned for some more. Uh, I, th- I think we're probably going to continue this tonight, but we're going to end this podcast and probably start another one because I'm still feeling right. the spirit. I'm going to have another shot of vodka following the good the good advice and the good example of uh, the Prophet Joseph Smith there. And hopefully we get some more revelation right. here. So stay tuned for I the think next. We're going to talk about chastity, aren't we? Chastity is the next commandment we awesome. got to. So uh, stay tuned for chastity for the episode on chastity. Anyway, uh, I will end this podcast with a blessing. May Bob bless you and your drinking habits tonight. Right. From the Mormon drunken Mormon mission. Because we have nothing but compassion for. We have nothing compassion for all you drunkards. Right. And all you sinners and all you probates, reprobates, reprobates, reprobates out there. Amen. Anyway, stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.